0: gentlemen children of all ages welcome to another a fantastic wonderful epic this is episode 160 task of the crypto maniacs podcast how are you feeling 160 episodes into this stuff
1: i did not know it was that many i lost track after 102
0: there you go i lost track after five uh but there you go uh he's back folks we have uh, Disregard Fiat from uh, the Deluxe team here. Once again, uh, this is, I think, is his 15,000th appearance. Uh, that works out math-wise because we've done 160, and he's been here 15,000 times. So perfect math for me. That's why he is the uh, developer, and I am just the guy that dances on camera and uh, sings songs. So uh, Disregard, Steve, welcome, sir. Welcome, welcome back to the show. Nice to be back. Thanks for having me. Good to see you the the sunglasses. Uh, for those not listening, uh, to, the, those watching uh, this are are uh, just amazed by the sunglasses. Uh, uh, but if you're listening to the podcast, you might not know the epicness of what is taking place right now. Uh, he's challenging task for, for epic sunglass wearing. That's an achievement.
1: And, and he's got the reflective type. So, I mean, it's like... You know, it's he, he's styling profile and profiling. I got to give him credit. I mean, it's he's the man down under there from where I'm at. Well, from where you are at, too, John. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, welcome back, man. Good to have you. Um, uh, how are things? How's life? How was Hard Fork 26 for you? Uh, busy. Everything's pretty busy for me. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, the Hard Fork went pretty well um, and together with my stuff it's going busy it's going busy
1: <laughs> you're developing a, a few projects uh, at, at the same time mm-hmm yep. and uh, well let, let's start the show off John with with the, the, the asking for money uh, Mr. Disregard has a proposal up. You want to tell us about it, uh, Steve? What, what's the proposal and why should all everybody rush right over to PT or whatever they use and vote for your proposal, which I believe I did already. Yeah, I think
2: I see you up there. Uh, I have proposal 234, uh, really nice to remember, and it's to help develop the Honeycomb software a little bit further um i'd have to pull it up to say exactly what i promised to do on there but um,
1: <laughs> you sound like a politician now well i said something but i don't know what the hell i promised
2: yeah, it. yeah what it comes down to is there's a whole lot of uh things that i foresee as the software really needing uh for instance the ability to run um like a zero knowledge proof so we can do more off-chain things um bringing in the the better suites of multi-signature stuff. And a lot of it's like in progress and whatnot. And I'm just hoping the community would uh, support me a little bit further as these things uh, become less directed at like say the speak network. And they're just Mm -hmm. things that everybody can use. Um, Because as some people would know as I'm developing a lot of stuff for the speak network as well. But that work is becoming less pointed toward them and just pointed toward the upkeep. So, um, yeah, hopefully honeycomb is something that a lot more people would be able to use uh, to make Hive work for them.
1: Maybe we should uh, go into it and and tell for those who who are not aware, what is honeycomb? What does this bring to the Hive ecosystem and and what what does it give developers uh, in terms of the infrastructure that you're building? What does this do for developers?
2: Yeah, so Honeycomb is uh, it's a layer two software, and what it does is it lets you as a community pull together your resources. Um, its architecture is slightly different than a normal blockchain because um, it's it's a state machine, so it takes uh, the high blockchain as an input, and since the high blockchain is already there, it doesn't try to keep a record of everything that's gone in so it really does operate as like a second layer it's really lightweight because it only keeps in its memory the things that are important to it right now uh it would be kind of like saying if hive forgot about everything that was paid out once it's paid out it's kind of like that um so it's really cheap for you as a as a community of witnesses of whatever you're interested in to operate this software um, in a cheap way. So we have three different um, networks currently running in there. Uh, Duat, which is for Ragnarok, a game that's coming out soon, TM. Uh, Deluxe, which is our network, and Speak, which hopefully will help us um, put more software, not just software, but like a, a memory storage device payment layer for the... Hive Network right now, uh, utilized primarily for the videos in the Speak Network, but it'll also help us at Deluxe storing uh, software content.
1: And uh, so Honeycomb is, is this base layer, well, not base layer, layer two base infrastructure software that other developers can start to build on and, and utilize and integrate into their applications, their platforms, their games, whatever they're working on. Is that correct?
2: That's right. Yeah. I'm, I'm forgetting because it is really a big project. So for instance, it has its own integrated decks. So any of the tokens that you use on this network, uh, you don't have to go through any third parties to have a DEX between hive and whatever token is in your ecosystem. Uh, so the, the, network of people that operate the nodes. Like I said, if it's $5 for me, it's $5 for you, it's $5 for John. And together we operate a multi-signature wallet autonomously through this software that builds Dex transactions for people. So anybody would be able to interact with your coin through Hive uh, without, hopefully with as low fee as possible and with equal or higher trust than other uh, paradigms that are out there.
1: Yeah, I think it's important because we've been banging the drum and I guess we're kind of following what Dan and Starker's uh, bang on all the time, but with Ethereum and the merge and now everybody's saying, well, are they going KYC and the centralization, blah, blah, blah. Uh, The node system that you have put together for this is actually a decentralized node system. Is that correct? And people can uh sign up and can run their own nodes they're exclusive of of anybody else and i guess it's a lot tied into the speak network because they are rewarding people using the speak token so i guess that's kind of their node system but obviously this is something that could be replicated am i understanding correctly
2: right so the base layer just comes with the ability to read this uh read the blockchain and have the decks for the tokens that are important for it and then On there, you can pretty much put any kind of smart contract you want in there. So we have smart contracts currently that do kind of like an Oracle, which reads into the uh, state snapshot and a few other things. You you really can put just about anything onto this network as is. And uh, if you wanted to look at exactly what my proposal was for, it's for... uh, helping people build new tokens uh so i want to build an automatic configurator so you come in and say i want to do basket weaving network and <clears throat> this will put together a config file for you Excuse that
0: course. that
1: that's what's going to make I have a top 10 token is the basket weaving network.
0: dude i was about to say like sign me up basket weaving token like
1: yeah when well, we You never know,
0: know what kind of communities it'll take off but
1: they're, in they're, general, it's very but dedicated bunch. I, I'll tell you that much. They're very yeah, passionate.
2: Well, it, it's true, because I'm I'm hoping that anybody would be in there and I say that just kind of I want it to be as simple as possible. I don't would wouldn't put like the basket weaving community as the the DeFi decentralized network experts. Uh other things in there are like automated RC credits and RC credit markets. Um Account creation market, ZK rollups, stability and documentation improvements. But yeah, the ZK rollups and the automated configuration are definitely the most important parts of that.
1: So basically, uh you're looking at providing a very simple, very, I would say inexpensive if I if if I'm jumping to a conclusion that's that's incorrect please tell me but a a low cost simple way to create for communities to create tokens correct right and and this will be I would presume both fungible and non-fungible can they do nfts too
2: Oh yeah. Uh currently the base network has proof of brain NFTs, the the dex that's in there, and these are all features that you can turn off or off in the configuration file. So if you want to build a proof of brain network for your community and just have certain um like community members or it depends on how you want to run it, but at at the simplest part you say this is the keyword that I want to track and or this is the beneficiary rewards that i want to track and you can build your your proof of brain around those just very few options and then hopefully as anybody takes those options and makes them different that open source will be available for other people as well
1: and obviously people i mean this was one drawback that people were saying with the smts is when we were bannering that around is smts will replicate Hive, so there will be proof of brain and that's it it's very limited i'm presuming that you have the proof of brain so if you want you can make it like an smt you can replicate hive you can replicate whatever but you can do other things if you want outside of it you could make it a governance token you can make it an access token you can make it whatever you want correct right And, and maybe this is um for, for people who are listening, because we often do better when we contrast things, and what most people are familiar with on Hive at the Layer 2 is Hive Engine. Maybe could you draw, based upon what most people know with Hive Engine, can you draw some similarities or some differences maybe so people can understand a little better what Honeycomb is and, and what you're building versus what they see with Hive Engine? What would you say at the top? three or four similarities and differences
2: are? Uh, The top similarities, um, at a general level, they operate kind of the same. Uh, You eat blocks and spit out, you know, all of the stuff that you, the gristle. So you ingest, say, custom JSON that says, I want to do a token transfer between me and party B, and that's the meat of the blockchain. And they both go through the blockchain and just eat every bit of it in like the get block api and then they say okay this is the interesting part the the little morsel that i'm looking for and the problem or not the problem the the contrast between the way that deluxe or honeycomb and three speak run versus the hive engine is on hive engine you have um the whole thing is all at once so for instance if i let's say there's um what tokens are on Hive Engine. You're looking at Splinterlands, Transactions, CTP, CTP, uh, Leo Finance, all of these things. So if you want to run a Hive Engine node, you have to ensure that your witness that you're running on Hive Engine can uh, take in all of that ecosystem. And the further that that ecosystem grows, the more that it's going to cost you to do a witness. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because at the end of the day it's going to be smaller than whatever Hive has. So it's Mm -hmm. You're going to have a witness somewhere between like as small as it can be and where Hive is so in the middle there. But it's not as small as it could be just for you. So I think right now they're probably in the five gigabyte range for a state file, which is a lot larger than our state files, which I want to say they're, they're probably in a 100K neighborhood, um, just, just because they're, we have a lot less stuff that we're looking at. So each network. Uh, looks after its own stuff. So we might have 100k here and 100k here and 100k here. And it's the same on Hive Engine, but you just have, say, 500 tokens that are 100k or, you know, maybe Splinterlands is a lot bigger than 100k. But based on the, you have to just have a computer that will run all of it. The other major difference between the two is the way that you get funds into and out of the network. Um, For instance, if you want to build anything on there, uh, you buy B tokens and you set up your token and you have a DEX that's not necessarily a real DEX. It has aspects of like our decentralized DEX, but at the end of the day, uh, there's one wallet that has the keys that will point out or print out the hive for somebody selling or taking in the hive for is buying. Mm-hmm. And so those are the two biggest differences.
1: So when when I go to the exchange that you have and I just decide to sell my, what was it, Ducat. Let's say i sell my Ducat for, for Ragnarok. That's not going, and, and let's say John's doing the same thing uh, five minutes behind behind me. That's not necessarily going to the same wallet when we make that that exchange because i may be dealing with one person and john's dealing with another am i understand that correctly
2: uh it used to be that way but not anymore uh oh, okay. currently uh the people on that network operate a multi-signature wallet and based on their participation in the network that day the signatories will change so if the three of us are the highest collateralized people in the network will have the keys um, and with, uh, the new software that's coming out, it's just going to be, so if there's 10 people, the top five collateralized people will hold those keys. Um, and that just makes it more decentralized and there's less of a one-stop shop for like, a, an attack vector.
1: And, and will this change based upon the token? So let, let's say, uh, uh, John builds, builds the, the Django token on, on Honeycomb and so now we have. If I'm in, in if I'm a, a uh, collateralized one, one in top five collateralized for, for DuCat, there will be other five collateralized for, for the Django token, correct? Or is it all the same notes?
2: It'll be different based on which network they're running on. So if you put a lot of money into your community over here, you might be a signature on a key and it'll be different people it'll be a different account so if you send money to do it's duot cc for community chest um and then deluxe cc for deluxe community chest and i think speak has I, I don't remember the name of that account but the network does and they're all basically the same they tell apis what they look like so if somebody wants to build a new token i can add it to the decks on deluxe.io by just saying okay here's a new api to look at and now you have the wallet features and all of that stuff is the same and it'll say like okay you can just send your money or your hive to this new account that has been put together
1: yeah so just off the the top of my bald head i'm just thinking here that uh like you said, the attack vector is is spread out because you don't have this single honeypot. It's it, it's okay. You might be able to target uh, the Django node system. You might be able to target the the Duquette, but they don't have anything really to do with each other. So it's not like going into um, you know one wallet and there's the whole platform uh, like Hive Engine. You were saying like boom, you just hit you just hit Hive Engine
2: right and there's there's also like we have forking protection so if you try to steal the internal tokens for the network like or deluxe the community just like when uh Justin Sun bought steam we can just fork those people's uh, transactions out if somehow they manage to get a hold of it and then on the wallet side um say the three of us are the top people on a network the wallet's never going to be big enough, bigger than what we could afford to replace. So mm-hmm. if the two of us wanted to collude, we would still be losing money trying to steal the hive that's in the wallet. So it's a, a small honey pot as well. One that's reasonably sized for the network.
0: I just, you know, you definitely need protection for the Django token because, you know, people are going to be hacking that. And my password is one, two, three, four, five. So, you know, if they want to do it with it to nine
1: eight seven six.
0: I I was going to mix it up a bit and you know capitalize an A in front of it or something. No, that's that's <laughs> how savvy I am when it comes to this protection of assets. Uh, no, it's cool, you, man. I mean, I, at least just, you
1: change your password
0: from password. Yeah, password. What's your password? Password one two three four five. Um, I I, I actually used that like twenty years ago just for. I can't remember the size, but anyways, um, no, this is this is really cool because you know, it's it's like look, Hive Engine is fantastic. It's wonderful. It does what it's supposed to do. It's great. It's a huge, huge, but it is as centralized as it gets. Um, I I'm a witness there, and uh, it's not what the witnesses say. It's whatever the people behind Hive Engine say that gets pushed. Um, it's very centralized, and it's got I, to, to do what it's doing. It's got to be for now. I guess, um, but it's, it it goes again. it doesn't go against the, how am I, I should f- phrase this properly. Deluxe sounds like, and Honeycomb, excuse me, sounds like the real vision of what a layer two solution was envisioned to be on this blockchain. Um, Hive Engine, again, works great, it's fantastic, but it's very centralized. This is attempting to, Spread it out a little bit more, which is beneficial. I think, well,
1: I, I think what, what you're touching upon, John, is layer twos are going to be a combination of centralization, decentralization, depend on what people want. And as long as you're tied to a base layer that has that decentralization, in this case, Hive, which I feel is pretty decentralized, especially compared to what's out there, Ethereum now. So if you got your base transaction layer as decentralized with, you know. 125 nodes all over the world then you have your layer two i mean hive engine like you said is fine but for some of the things that people may want to build uh honeycomb might be a better solution because i personally feel it's very important not only to have a base layer of a decentralized node system i think a second layer decentralized node system is also important because then I don't know, Steve, what you call it. Then you have layer three, which has that additional protection because honeycomb is decentralized. It's open source and it doesn't have the attack vectors. Other things do, whether that attacks coming from hackers and, and people trying to get into honeypot or that attacks coming from corporations, regulators, Justin son, whatever the case may be.
2: Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what layer three would look like because i just i just haven't seen enough examples of it um i would
1: think i would think you you have hive as a base layer honeycomb and and, and your base infrastructure for honeycomb as the second layer and then if i come and build an app on honeycomb uh on on your your node system there i think that would be the third layer
2: yeah i you know, think at that game, point you're, you're looking at bridging between say monero and like hive but using the layer two intermediary somewhere but i'm not i'm not sure i don't i don't know what the use cases are yet so i just would have to see but yeah i think anything's possible going forward when you start to develop your own contracts and have your own uh, control of your network
1: now smart contracts are are an important subject and, and maybe you could espouse on this a little bit because Uh, I've, I've made the case, other people have made this case. Uh, one of the things holding back hive is that we really don't have robust smart contract platforms that, that people can come in and, and, and get involved in people being developers, obviously not people like me and John, uh, and that kind of stifles innovation and, 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 and expansion, um. And you've mentioned a number of times you have smart contracts there. Obviously, this this, this platform's evolving and growing. And, and uh, I think another thing to, to, for anybody listening, it seems the mindset with Hive is not to have smart contracts at the base layer. Don't get into Ethereum problems. That's just you know eating up bandwidth and and processing. And get those smart contracts at the second layer. And that way, if they collapse, it's and get hacked or whatever. It's the second layer. It's not the base layer affected. Where do you see Honeycomb smart contracts? Um, people being is there a platform or will there be a platform for developers to come in to start to tap into these smart contracts to add their own to create their own and an open repository.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a very difficult question to answer just all at once because, um, like when I was saying, there's a very small honeypot for the most part for these kind of the networks. That also means that if you have smart contracts on your on your token, that for the most part, if they're controlling outflows from that wallet, they don't have the fork protection of uh, because somebody can drain the wallet, for instance. So. You really have to balance what your network is capable of doing with who is is running it in some ways. Uh, so switching away from DPoS for certain things uh, would... the Sorry, switching away from proof-of-stake to delegated proof-of-stake is one way to manage that. Um, bridging to a software like, uh, let's say, Ethereum for other kinds of smart contracts and just having the ability to interact in different areas um it it's yeah yeah i just have to say it's not a one size fits all solution for these things but i do applaud the hive developers for knowing what hive is good at and if it was a general purpose smart contract blockchain it would be expensive so the way that we have hive here it's really set up to be as cheap as it is as universal as it is and not prevent or provide a barrier for entry to uh you know the communities that are it's helping the most because honestly this blockchain is helping communities in ways that other blockchains just can't
1: so so with smart contracts it it sounds like obviously you agree not having it at the base layer are smart contracts and and i'll throw another loaded question at you it may or may not be loaded i have no idea uh are smart contracts in your opinion less expensive to run at the second layer as opposed to the base layer what is the advantage of having smart contracts at your second layer versus base layer maybe we should should start at that point
2: so even on ethereum they know that this is this is where it gets really expensive so they have what they term sharding mm-hmm. and what this this enables if you have your contracts at the second layer um especially if you have these zk roll-ups which i guess would be like the layer three as well um you you just distribute that so instead of having decentralized <clears throat> man i just don't talk this much Uh, So instead of having the the decentralized where everybody keeps a copy of everything, you have distributed computing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just like if you're familiar with like SETI at home or the Fold at home things, everybody gets a little piece of a problem to solve or um, a few people get a smart contract to, to verify. And that's really the only way things are going to be able to scale even on Ethereum. So you have... Uh, What a ZK rollup is, it's a zero-knowledge proof that allows other people to uh, compute things and report those things. And you, as the layer 2 or layer 1 or whatever that smart contract is, without knowing what actually happened in that rollup, you can say, like, okay, I have enough information to credit account A or credit account B or whatever the smart contract would actually say. So, yeah, even even at this layer, we're, we're talking about getting the most efficient way to get that process through. So. Yeah, it's a it's a scaling issue and you're looking at a world with almost eight billion people now, and the more that these networks get used, the more they're going to have to be distributed and not just decentralized.
1: So, so basically just following that line of thought, what you're building with honeycomb is just one step in the process going forward. Honeycomb is going to have to continually branch further out and, 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 and distribute and, and keep breaking apart, uh, further and further simply because like you said, of the scaling, correct? Right so that that's where additional nodes handling individual communities comes into play instead of you know i don't know i'll pick a number off the top of my head instead of 50 nodes trying to handle everything that's being built on honeycomb you have five thousand nodes and some of them you know are handling just you know very little small communities and then some of the larger communities you know you might have to have a, a few more nodes handling it but they're they're still broken up and they don't have the traffic that they do on, on you know like an Ethereum where everybody's sharing every smart contract and every transaction's going through every node.
2: Right. So like on the Speak network, you're going to have um, encoder nodes, storage nodes, uh, verifier nodes or validators. I can't remember what they call them. And all of these. Pieces of the network are going to share different aspects. So there's going to be some delegated proof of stake. There's going to be proof of stake for the DEX wallets. There's uh, a little bit of this decentralized because not everybody's going to store every video on the speak network. So all of these concepts are going to have to work together to build a very robust and scalable network.
1: Yeah. And you know, when you mentioned speak, because, uh, Obviously, those those guys, uh, Dan and Starkers, is, is who I'm referring to. They've been beating the drum for a few years uh, about immutability, about uh, communities running their own nodes, uh, storing their own videos, whether it's you know individuals storing it on their hard drives or IPFS or, or however it's configured. And, and in talking to those guys and watching what they're doing, that's what led me to say, well, if you have a mutability for speech and you have the ability to, you know, host content that Facebook doesn't like or YouTube doesn't like, Twitter doesn't like, the agenda people don't like, blah, 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 blah. This also can work for finance. And we know right now the the present financial system, it's all Wall Street, it's a credit investor, it's regulated, it's banks, it's, you know, It's just as centralized as it gets. In fact, the regulators end up protecting the incumbents and and destroy startups. And so the industry solution, the crypto industry was DeFi. But as we're finding out, DeFi is more Fi and less D um, because you have certain things that may not be quite as decentralized as, as advertised. And so that's where I put together a paper starting to talk about this and I wanted to ask you, how do you see Honeycomb and some of these different facets that you're looking at building, how does that come into play with DeFi? And and I I sent you the, the article. I don't think I sent you the paper, but they, they were similar topics. Um, how do you see some of that evolving and being built with I mean, because it sounds like just listening, you summed up pieces that I wrote about in that paper, you're already constructing the the decks and, and the exchange, you're already working on that and, and building different pieces. You already have the tokenization go or the, the token creation being worked on. So is something like that feasible on a honeycomb?
2: Oh yeah. Um a lot of I've I've read most of that and um yeah, just just based on like terminology and stuff, like, it's a little bit harder to say. Just like sit down and wrap your head around something all at once, um, especially because the terminology in our in this community is so new that we don't always uh, know what we're talking or know what we're reading uh, the same. So, from what I understand, a lot of that or most of that would be able to be built on Honeycomb with Hive as a backbone. Um, some of it. Uh, would need a little bit of extra development. But yeah, I, I do believe that this is a, a central technology that can be very handy for developing many aspects of these kinds of things, if not all, depending on you know, your development goals.
1: So, so basically, for, for just based upon that, Honeycomb really is, and this goes back to how you started the show uh, and your, your proposal, Uh, Honeycomb for for developers is really a very flexible uh, system of of infrastructure, and even though maybe some of it was designed while you were interacting with the speak people, um, overall, this is meant to serve a wide variety of use cases depending on what people want so if you want social media if you want video if you want text if you want DeFi, if you want nfts if you want governance you want all this different stuff it can be built on honeycomb or utilizing honeycomb
2: and and to speaks credit like the the reason why i work so well with those those guys dan and matt that they they really have the same kind of vision that the software should be the cheapest aspect of running any of this, this trust stuff, you build it once it's open source, not only can people use it, but people can make it better and develop on top of it. And anything that they put out, it's open source from the start. So you don't have to worry about doing something again, like one and done, and then make sure that goes 123 and on.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that's, That gets back into, and uh, I shared this in one of our past episodes. I don't remember what what topic we were on, but it, it goes back to the old decentralization versus centralization argument. And centralization in the short term or the near term is much more efficient because you can get things done. You have centralized, hierarchical, top down. This is what we're going to do. Go do it and get it done. But in the long term, decentralization always will usurp centralization because of innovation and once you get the basis out there and even though it's 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 slower than the centralized world you get more people working on it and innovation in a centralized realm is very difficult because you have to schedule meetings, you got to get your boss approval. you need three layers of management, sign off on it, whereas with open source decentralization, somebody sees what you're doing, they take the code, and they add to it and say, hey, look what I did, and you say, that's great, I'm going to copy it right back into what I'm doing
2: yeah i'm not i'm not gonna say that it's really easy to to do some of that decentralized because uh, once you plant that seed you really are stuck with like the root of whatever that is and and changing the way the tree grows is one thing but it's it still gets harder and harder the bigger that network gets Um, but if you want to take whatever that concept is and plant it somewhere else that gets really easy
1: well that that's Um, what i mean you you fork out the software and and you you use it for a different purpose but you have part of your codes already written now you might have to spend a, a month of sundays trying to 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 get it to do what you want but at least you're not starting with your first line of code saying okay what do i do
2: oh like where we started from yeah (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, you you already you already wrote the first lines of code, so somebody else can take that and and just just copy that and and start going in their other their own direction, and and that's how I believe you know I look at these things as. As complex systems, I look at it like a, a, a jungle and you you have all different, different parts of the woods, you know, you take a field and there's nothing in it, then all of a sudden you get some saplings growing and there's some small uh, rodents running around and insects and all this other stuff and as the bushes and the trees grow and things grow uh then you get you know small animals in there and things like that and they're all doing their own thing they they, they're you step back and watch it it looks like it's all interconnected but it's not because it's just you know the rabbits are doing what rabbits do a tree is going to do what a tree does and it's the same thing with this we have hive to me is just and i guess you could step back and say uh all crypto and blockchain is but it's it's an or it's a complex system and you have many people doing many different things most of it uncorrelated, it's not coordinated. It's going in many different directions. And that's the ideal aspect of it because over time, all of that stuff starts to integrate into each other because everybody starts to serve a different role. And when you step back and you say, oh shit, that honeycomb stuff that that, deal, that, that disregard built, that's tied to I, that's tied what CTP's doing. that's tied to whatever. You know all of a sudden cyber x can tap into it it's like wow
2: yeah yeah I, I do i really do trust the market economy and your point about centralization is also not centralized in some ways because you still have to have the governing bodies like the sec that make sure that these centralized actors aren't doing whatever they they want to do um so where do you put all the people into this, this market economy that we're hoping to build? And hopefully it's at like the central layer of all of the different things. So uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily say like I'm opposed to regulation, but I am opposed to regulation because I want people to be involved in the decision-making process at all levels in whatever the community is so yeah i'm not not a fan of pump and dump schemes i'm not a fan of a whole lot of these uh, things that are running rampant in crypto as we speak but hopefully we can get to a place where we can still control that internally instead of relying on external horrendous management
1: well and and there's no doubt the industry had you know, done a shit job of policing itself. And, and we just looked the other way and spent years of uh, when moon and Lambos and and not giving a crap about any of that stuff. So, I mean, realistically, I take the approach. Some of this blowback we're getting from these regulators, we brought it upon ourselves by just constantly talking about, oh, money and, and, and the wealth aspect of it, especially since that got far ahead of the development. If the development was there where we had a lot of decentralized infrastructure where we could you know basically thumb our noses at these regulators that's one thing but when you don't have the infrastructure um you're at a point where it's like sooner or later they're going to turn around they're just going to bitch slap you and that's what they're starting to do
2: yeah i think it was kind of by design as well um but yeah it's it is what it is uh, and it, and I think that, like you said, they're trying to make sure the incumbents stay in power and they're trying to throw the baby out with the bathwater.
0: This is why, you know, beating dead horse time, but why I think use case is so important instead of being... Like, I get it. Everything's price. everything. People don't care about the use case. I say this all the time. They care about green candles. They just want to see things go up and up and up and up and up. And like Task has said for months now, anyone that thinks that a market just goes up and up and up and up and up and up Is fooling themselves. There's got to be pullbacks, but this is where use case is so important. Because if you got pullbacks, look at Hive. You have Hive is not the sexiest token on the markets, but whether it goes up or down, people are still going to use it tomorrow. And that's where, like you were saying, it's we're playing catch up almost. Like it almost happened, like you said, by design at the right time, where it was like, oh, we got all this hype. We don't get any use case. Don't worry about the use case. We'll figure that out down the road well, this is now we're opening up to this cluster. And that's how you end
1: up with the terrorists of the world.
0: Exactly. So, you
1: know, they, they have their backing token, their reserve token had no utility. It's like, well, okay. other than maybe, you know, just a little bit of gas fees to, you know, move your, your UST around. But outside of that, what was the use case? Um, are there a lot of people like you out there, Steve, um, And what I mean by that is, are there how big is the the community of developers who are doing like you're doing building software, writing software that and and building projects that are decentralized infrastructure, uh, open source? You know, I I just don't know across the crypto landscape. Are there a lot of people? I mean, do you tap into chat rooms? Do you tap into forums or or boards where there's a lot of people building different aspects of this stuff all over the place? Or or are most people just like going and saying, okay, I'll build the game on Ethereum because I can make bank, and nobody will use it because it's a fifty dollar user fee, but I can make bank. Are there people doing what you're doing, and how how big a community is that?
2: I know there's people doing what I'm doing. I'm just not good at finding these people. I do know that on, on Honeycomb, we've had, I want to say, probably probably in the neighborhood of 10 uh, people who have contributed to to the base layer code now. Um, and it comes down to like the people who run the software. Some of them just, you know, they're like, hey, this is really cool, and I can do this for my community, or I want to run a speak network token. Out. Most of them say, like, they just want that experience, and then some people come in and they say, "Like, okay, there's huge benefits to running these tokens." And I think, like, uh, say, block trades and Deathwing would be in that neighborhood. And then there's other people who come in and they're like, "Okay, this is this is where I want to, you know, really learn how to do some stuff." And I think a lot of those people they also run Hive engine nodes and whatnot, but they've really like dug into the code and said, "Like, okay, these are like things." That could be fixed or things that we can improve, and um, still other people ask questions or like, hey, can you bring these technologies that I've read about over to this platform? So, like, I, I want to say like I'm informed, but at the same time, it's it's a really big industry that's evolving week by week. So I'm I'm not the most informed, and I really do rely on everybody else to to bring ideas to the table and help get this stuff going forward.
1: Get but yeah like as far writing, as like how
2: many people are doing it i don't know i just know people are doing it and it's i'm very happy about it
1: so so you don't like mind people like me running, a, writing a 2500 word post and dropping it in your inbox and saying hey look at this idea
2: oh yeah like i said I, I even like the the vernacular that gets used i have to go through and say like okay this is the concept that i have but it's in my brain, it's structured a little different. So I had to t- take a little bit of time to ingest these things as well. But no, I, I really think that your post was uh, the step in the right direction uh, of things that we need.
1: I, I think and- it's very interesting to, to take an overriding view of that because, because what I put together there was rather broad. It was a broad stroke. It was rather a, a, a big picture thing. But, and, and this is why it kind of coincided with you being on here because we we made the uh, we invited you on before I, I had put this together and put it out there. But I, I think it's very important for people to understand. And and if you want to reference the post that I'm talking about, it was released last Friday, Taskmaster 4450. But here you are sitting here saying, based upon what you've gone through and what you've wrapped your mind around, this is doable right here on hot. This isn't pie in the sky stuff. It's doable at the layer two that you're building the infrastructure on. You already know you have some piece in place. I know you have piece in place because you you mentioned them, the the exchanges and stuff like that. And I don't think people realize what the capabilities are here in the IVA ecosystem. Some of the developers we have, some of the projects that are starting to take shape, it's very powerful. I mean, Hive is not some bullshit blockchain stuck out there in 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 its own world. And oh, it's just a little cute little blockchain, and you do some upvotes and you're earn some some and do some posts and you earn a little bit of Hive and HBD. There's a lot of robust development taking place.
2: Oh yeah, where where is your your post?
1: <laughs> your, uh, uh, I might
2: have look it for it in our links.
1: It's in your dm
2: <laughs> yeah my
0: dms he slid into your dms wow.
1: but uh yeah and, and this is something that i i've been kind of harping on a, a a little bit the last week and uh john knows when i get on a, a track you know it'll be a month worth of rands um you know it's time for people to start people within hive to start taking hive seriously because it's not like we have a bunch of Bush league developers. We have some very smart, very advanced developers who know what they're doing. They're creating some stuff. Okay. It's not as fast as we all like, but those of us who are non-developers, we always think, well, just write some code and release it. And it should be ready to go by, by tomorrow morning. And and it doesn't work that way, but we are taking an approach here of building things from the bottom up from, from the base layer, And then on the second layer from the ground up that are are very powerful tools and i think to the average user on hive it gets overlooked and and i think if people understood what was taking place and the potential of what could be built they'd view hive in a totally different manner wouldn't you agree john
0: dude it's the never-ending battle for me like trying to get people to the good side of the force, but you know, it's more green candles and Ethereum than use case, actual community, real people. It's, yeah. I don't know. Man. I, so
2: I just did a, a quick review of, of the, the post and yeah, some of the things that I, I do believe we can build are like the service infrastructure pools or, uh, things like that, and the lending aspects are going to be a little bit harder to build on Honeycomb because, like I said, if you have a certain size, uh, you, you've seen those comics or something where there's there's a guy on a cliff, say the politician, and there's a whole bunch of people standing over here, but if the people walk off, the politician falls off the cliff, and it kind of is like that, so if you have to have enough collateral on the system in order to hold up whatever you're lending out. And it's the same on Hive, too. You have your debt limit, or HPD, and mm-hmm. the haircut rule, and things like this. So Honeycomb is a great place to put a lot of these contracts and mm-hmm. the uh, things that are very high volume, uh, sorry, high velocity uh, works well here. Uh, things that don't are things with low velocity, things that you have to have you know, that, that inertia, the financial inertia that, to hold that capital in place. Um, but it could be depending on how big the network gets, um, but putting those onto a different chain and in those cases, wrapping those tokens to another chain would help with say the lending aspect of things. So yes, um, a lot of things here, but a lot of things kind of depending on how many people are involved.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that—that's where where I felt the starting point was was to lay out a framework, and and see where it goes, and and see what can be done, and and what pieces we can incorporate. And obviously, it's not one of those things where flip a switch and hey, look, it's all here one day. It, it's going to be evolutionary and, and things of that nature. And but you know that that was the direction I I think things can head in, and if we have some of these broad ideas all of a sudden it's like this is a lot more than just a blogging chain you know which we have all said it, that's what it is mhm
2: yeah it's um i think a lot of these these features are going to be added to a lot of different communities because at the end of the day they're all valuable things if they weren't valuable we wouldn't have them in the first place um mm-hmm. and you know blogging is just the collection of ideas this is this is the pub of the american revolution this is hopefully where ideas come together not just on high but like in crypto in general and you know just in the past 10 years we've i guess bitcoin's a little older than 10 years now it's 14 years old but you solve one problem in trust and the rest are just falling like dominoes and because everybody's so connected now and you have the best minds from you know not just Boston or, or Philadelphia, you have globally access to a lot more minds. They're all connected. There's what, four billion people on, on the internet now. And, you know, a hundred thousand of those people are really freaking smart people who are putting all of their ideas together in this one space. So it's it's getting there and these these things are all are just gonna be coming faster and faster.
1: Well, I, I'm I'm of the belief. And this is just a little bit more of a general step back view of the digital world, Web3, whatever the new internet. <clears throat> and uh, you know, I'd I'd like to know your thoughts on it: agree, disagree? I think, and and that's also part of that overriding uh, article. I think DeFi is going to be interwoven into everything in the in the digital world, and. I, I think tokenization of everything is, is a real possibility. We have ways of incentivizing things. We have ways of rewarding things. We have ways of creating, quantifying activity in a uh, in a monetarily, monetary way. And because of that, I think everything's going to end up being DeFi. It's going to have those aspects interwoven. So whatever the community, even if it's a Buffalo Bills fan club, is going to have that defy capability within its community and so you're going to need you, you got tokenization that means you need exchanges that means you have the possibility for lending that means collateralization that means this that means that that means a whole bunch of other things that it's like it's going to be everywhere
2: right yeah those buffalo bills need those uh tables so they can keep breaking them
0: look okay. <laughs> Let me let me explain. Okay, there's a f- small minority of people jump through tables at tailgates for the Buffalo Bills. Okay, majority of us are law-abiding citizens who just want to see Josh Allen jump over things. That's that's our new thing. Right uh,
1: uh, and there's a percentage like John that I would love to see trying to jump through a table and not hurt himself.
0: Dude, I'm not that old, man. Like I can, you know. That being said, like, I pulled my back yesterday just lifting up a chair. So, you know, geez. if I fell through a table, man, I'd be on the IR for the next couple of years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you getting himself.
0: the Buffalo Bills into this conversation. dude. I, I,
1: I understand. I understand. You, you you have your team and you're very loyal. Uh, yeah, so I, I think overall when you look at it from that perspective, that comes back to again what we started with building the infrastructure for all this stuff because if the end game is where web 3 is decentralization account ownership uh rewards incentives incentivizing people whatever they do you know incentivizing people to run nodes and different types of nodes and incentivizing people to write code, incentivizing people to write the instructions for the code, all this other stuff, incentivizing people to walk and root for the bills and root for the Lakers or whatever the case may be. We need the infrastructure. And that's where I think the idea of, okay, we have Ethereum, we have Bitcoin, we have Cardano, we have EOS, we have Tron, we have Hive, we got, you know, these couple dozen whatever blockchains you know all the evm forks but it's much more than that and it's actually if i'm understanding correctly the more important level is what the infrastructure is at the second layer and what's being done there
2: right yeah because everybody came out and they're they're either an evm or they're a remittance network and i mean at the base layer that's that's what you get uh it is like when we talk about community and use case it mostly it has to come at the second layer or else it's just not going to scale very well
1: yeah i mean hive can scale because we don't have a lot of you we we limited the use case on chain to i think there's like nine functions i read that actually Hive does, like custom JSON, account creation, upvote, uh, you know, governance. I mean, there there's like nine or 10 things that, that all actions can be narrowed down to. On Hive, and that's all Hive does, you mm-hmm. know, because there is no smart contract. So we don't have the lending platforms. We don't have, you know, the collateralization platforms. We, anything that we want to do with that, we're going to have to build that at second layer. Which is fine. Great. That keeps Hive nice and tight, and hopefully allows the core development team to keep scaling and reducing the size of the uh, uh, database, if you will. I mean, I think they halved it in the last hard fork, so it's it's a much smaller, uh, you know, file that's being run as compared to what it was before, and. You know, everything else can go in, like you said, the million different directions based upon what's needed. And if you need us, if you get a large community with the smart contracts and, and tokens and NFTs and all this other stuff. So they need to set up 100 nodes themselves to handle all the volume. That's what they do. They set up 100 nodes. Uh, you got your basket weaving community, which is small but loyal. They may get away with three nodes. Right. And none of it's, yeah, it's- directly to Hive.
2: Yeah, it's a uh, Hive is a really nice base layer, and there's going to be forks off of this software in the future as well, because yeah, it's just going to keep growing. But hopefully, those those forks will be very like cut and paste. You'll you should be able to use the same like actually there is one uh, like there's a Hive keychain called like Well Vault or something like that, and all of our Depos chains that we know and love. <laughs> you can put your keys in that same wallet and, and interact with them. So it is, it is like that even on the base layer for scaling reasons.
0: Wow. There's a lot more in the chat now. Yeah. We're having a big old conversation about, you know, Zach said that, you know, what's so cool about hive is that you're not going to go broke learning this stuff with, you know, with Ethereum. If you, you make one transaction and say it fails gas fees gone, you know, I mean, tough luck, but here, you can you can actually screw up on Hive, and it's not going to cost you a mortgage payment, which is which is nice, especially for, for onboarding. So.
1: Well, what, right. what I found interesting, I wrote an article about this. It's so unique when you think about it for an application that if they want their users to use it, it's an investment. It's not an expense. You, gas fees on Ethereum are an expense. The, quote, gas fees on Hive are an investment. You buy some Hive, you power it up and you okay you 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 spend your resource credits throughout the day but they recharge so it's like and you still hold your your high power it's like not like once you hit submit it's gone it's like okay it'll be back tomorrow just wait a day right and i think that's very very unique could that be replicated at the second layer that concept
2: uh say say the concept one more time
1: high power and the resource credits could that be replicated to get away from tra- direct transaction fees at the second layer with your node system could you build oh yes to-
2: um it's a little bit complicated but um there's a there's some software called ceramic and using some other concepts called digital identities there's there's going to be ways to interact with uh second layer tokens without having a Hive account and offloading a lot of that transaction onto our nodes. So yes, there's, there's ways to scale even off chain transactions a little bit higher than Hive, even if we are using Hive as like the source of truth. Um, But yeah, in general, like it's, it's still a scaling problem. So I see like 32 Ethereum minimum for a node and that's just because the Ethereum network is so big, like on a honeycomb, uh, when you start a network it can be as little as you know the five dollars a month to run I mean you could do it cheaper if you have it on your home computer but uh, you have to worry about uptime and connectivity so like say you you put this on a five dollar Vps on on the internet and that's that's what it costs to run it for you The more people that run it the more you have to have your proof of stake tokens and I think like on a deluxe network it's like it's probably like a hundred dollars worth of deluxe that's um, a few hundred dollars worth of speak. If you want to get into that that area where you have an impact on on the proof of state network and have the possibility to hold the multi signature keys, so it, it really is just a function of how big the network is in in the capital terms. And uh, yeah, like if you are in a network the size of Ethereum, and that's this is still a scaling problem. 32 ethereum is they're like spam filters so if if you have less than like forty two thousand dollars you're just considered spam and at the end of the day that's forty two thousand dollars is probably fees for like a, a one or two blocks so um, that's that's just the, the the nature of the beast at this point
1: I'd like your insight onto this and if if there is any maybe i'm I'm going down the wrong path but what interests me about Hive is, is we have tech storage. It, it's decentralized data, you, you, you permissionless, you can post whatever data within the block size that you want. Uh, I've written about them in the process with Leo glossary, you can build a investopedia Wikipedia on Hive. <clears throat> we know that data storage is dominated by cloud companies, AWS and and Uh, Google are probably the the two big ones. Uh, Maybe Microsoft's in there. And so everybody is kind of, including like Netflix, who I believe is on AWS, you're at the mercy of these entities. Do you see, where does all this tie into the storage of information and data? Do you see this ultimately being a threat? to these cloud companies and cloud becoming decentralized? Is this a realistic uh, long-term viewpoint?
2: I don't think uh, Amazon is going to like kick Netflix off of his platform, if that's what you're asking. No. Um, no,
1: but they could. They could say, well, you destroyed our TOS and shut you down just like they do anybody else. Wouldn't be a right. good PR move, but I mean, it's...
2: Yeah, yeah. I think the, the difference here is I guess Netflix isn't saying the wrong thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess Amazon has kicked people off their platform for that kind of thing and people find new subscribers. And is it like an attack vector that people might run their, their honeycomb nodes or their Hive nodes on this kind of infrastructure? Of course, but as long as not enough people are running it. So, for instance, a lot of people run on privex servers on Hive. Uh, as long as not enough people are running on private servers, it's not a problem. Uh, we don't have to worry about it. So we do need to have centralization in a lot more aspects than just like a lot of people are running it. It needs to be ran in different places. It should be on every inhabited continent. It there should be backups just in case you know there's some kind of uh, whatever happens. Um, but yeah, the the idea is even if all of this stuff got wiped out, it's, it's in our minds. Now we, we can spin up networks and in some cases it might be easier to start from scratch for a lot of these things. Um, yeah. Would we be able to survive like a a solar flare type apocalypse? Probably. Um, is it going to be the infrastructure like companies like AWS that stop us? I don't think so. Maybe, maybe on a little scale here and there for like Alex Jones or somebody who's high profile, but yeah, I don't I don't think that the computing companies get into it as much as we think they might.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think long-term they're, they're, they're wanting to get into this. They, they want to control their ecosystem. I mean, it's like the absurdity of people saying, well, why doesn't Elon Musk look at Hive? Well, why would Elon Musk look at Hive? It's like, he has no interest in Hive. He has interest in, what he can control and monetize, and he has an idea about Twitter, and that's a platform he can go and buy and and he believes monetize. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's like I don't believe AWS or Google or anybody's ever going to embrace this stuff because this is against, you know, any more than Facebook or Meta, whatever the hell they call themselves these days, is going to embrace this stuff. It goes against their their existing business model, which they're raking billions in off of. So. Uh, it's up to us to disrupt them, not for them to join us.
2: Right. They'll join us eventually.
1: <laughs> if they can make money off of it, they will. I mean, it's like Wall Street came to this. Why? Because they look at cryptocurrency as another asset class that they can make money off of. Why, yeah, why, why are the banks wanting to become custodians? Because then they can sell their crypto at an upcharge, I'm sure, to their wealthy clients and charge them to store the, the keys it's a win-win for them. Yeah, hopefully
2: it's a win-win for a whole lot of people and when it is, that's that's when everybody wins and this gets adopted and things get better.
1: Well, my 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 view is there's not a lot of win-win when you're talking about the J.P. Morgans and Goldman Sachs. There, there's win, but I don't know if there's the other win in the equation too often. They make Jamie Dimon makes sure he wins. I don't know if how how many others around him do, you know, on the other side of the deal. But you know that that that's the banking system, right? Any any comments from the uh, other? Uh, areas john or just no it's out. good
0: man it's good talk and um you know i i i'm always here to talk about cryptocurrency in the buffalo bills you know that's, <laughs> be, that's perfect for me i don't know about anybody else but bills so, on so, blockchain
1: so if if you see a node bills mafia come across uh, uh on honeycomb uh steve you, you know john finally set up a node
2: finally set up a note if some anon is asking for nft tables to break i'll know it's john
0: (laughs) yes yes please do dude uh always a pleasure man um great having you on thanks for everything you're doing with uh with deluxe and honeycomb and again uh just throwing it out again i put it uh, a few times but one last time for good measure proposal 234 how you come up with that number huh like you know two three four was that it's just in pro it's yeah, it's just sequentially. Last one was two, three, three. And right.
2: if you have a spare witness vote or want to change one around, I'm also a witness and hoping to get more involved in that kind of stuff.
0: For sure. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Well, thanks for having me on, guys. It was Appreciate nice, it, always. man.
0: Appreciate you being here
1: one. and explaining what you're doing. And hopefully, as a result of this, people listening are more excited about Hive.
0: Thanks for listening to the Cryptomaniacs podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show and look forward to hanging out with you again next week.